Welcome to MIA 2K, your ticket from Miami to Seoul. We're Kathy and Laura, and we're so happy you could join us today. You probably know us from, just kidding, you don't know us yet. We're just two Miami girls with obsessive fandom tendencies who fell into the inescapable void of Korean entertainment. And we're here to share our insights and spill all the tea only grown fans like us can enjoy. We've done all the research and acclimating so you don't have to. Before we begin, please make sure you're following us wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. And if you love visuals like us, you can watch us on our YouTube channel. We drop episodes with our hot and sunny takes every week. Hey guys. Hi. Before we start today's episode, we actually want to take a little bit of time to celebrate the fact that we just turned one yesterday, December 17th. So, yay. We kind of just want to say like a couple words. I, it's been an amazing year. I'm really thankful that we've been, you know, able to do it for a whole year. <laughs> like a whole year for like humans doesn't seem like that much, you know, but a year for something that is a hobby, like a side passion project yeah. seems like a lot. <laughs> yeah. And I'm just so happy that we've been able to do it for a whole year and we still want to continue doing it. We recently just reached a thousand listens, which. Well, they call it, they call it downloads in, in oh, podcast sorry. world. So let's <laughs> let, we have to be official uh, professional podcasters. So yes, over, over a thousand downloads. Hey. A couple of months ago. And it doesn't seem like a lot, but that's a lot. <laughs> and that's not counting YouTube views. Right. So we're probably way, way closer to, yeah, over Kind of like three, maybe. Right. So it's like, wow, that many people are listening. We have listeners in like 25 countries, which like, what? <laughs> Again, it's just like really insane. And I just feel really blessed and thankful that you guys are listening and joining our little community and liking what we're putting out in terms of content and everything. So thank you very much. Yeah, I, I can't believe it's been a year. Like, please, someone help wake me up because like Laura said, looking ahead, a year is a lot. Looking back, a year seems like it went in a blink. But looking ahead is it's hard to think of, you know, all the things that can happen in a year. So I can definitely say on behalf of both of us, like when we started this, we did not know what to expect we just were like let's take the whatsapp to the pod and put all our crazy ideas and rambleness out there and see if anything sticks and we never would have imagined the community that we have like gone into because of everyone who already was a fan of k-pop k-dramas and everything in south florida so I'm so happy that we have so many friends that we can share these things with and we go to K-pop uh, concerts and we see people that we know and, and it just feels so good. And yeah, so it's crazy. So yeah, just piggybacking off of Laura. Um, thank you everyone so, so much for sticking around, for listening, for sharing, for commenting and engaging with us. Like whether you have known us for years or whether you just met us in the past year, whether you met us in the past day, we really are so grateful and to everyone who constantly engages with us and knows how important it is to interact with us on social media and everywhere because supporting small accounts is really important for the algorithm gods and all those things like we really really appreciate the fact that all of you are so 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 good with that because we really need it so thank you 
and let's see what 2023 has in store for us so i love that yeah i'm excited and with that said today's episode we're about to wrap up the season so today's episode and the next one will be story times and more fun anecdotal story sharing about things that we observed in south korea and today's episode will focus only on our busan and jeju story time anecdotes and next episode we'll have seoul and deku the first day personally i think we did way too much on our first day <laughs> but we yeah. didn't know it was going to be that much i think it would have been too much regardless just because of That's the true. jet lag i it, you know we we went <clears> by <throat> the thing of trying to do two to three maybe four things in a day we did mm three things that day uh kind of all in all if yeah. you consider the little neighborhoods that we went to so it wasn't a crazy day in general it was just a crazy first day with jet yeah. lag yeah because we definitely were like about to pass out on some plaza uh, <laughs> like <Nampo>. 5 p.m <laughs> 5 p.m fully yeah. like, that plaza was yeah we, we didn't we didn't do an, an inordinate amount of things it was just a lot for our first day for how tired we were we just walked a lot that day we like did. i feel like we walked a lot every day but that day just felt like a lot more walking than usual yeah well i mean it, it was more than usual for sure at least for me because i'm not really walking in my suburbs in pembroke pines <laughs> south florida so definitely it was a very a very big shock that for those first couple of days and my body got used to it so yeah yeah it was it was a lot but overall it was a nice first day like we didn't have any weird interactions with people no I think we actually had some really nice ones considering yeah. it was our first day and we were kind of worried about how people would treat us. Yeah, we had in the once we got off the bus in Gamchon village, we went to a store to get some water and there were it was kind of like one old man that was serving the store and then another like her, his friend, I guess, was just there chilling in the back. And I went with straight hair to Korea just for the first day because I had it straightened from before. And but Laura and I had both recently just gotten our hair dyed. And a lot of people ask if like we just dye our hair red. And it's like, no, we always dye our hair red. It's just like we did it both at the same time for once. So it looked very similar. Yeah. And people were asking us if we were sisters. Like that man in the store were like, Are you guys sisters? And we're like, No, we're friends. But also, <laughs> yes, sure, why not? So yeah, people thought we were related, which was funny because we we both had like little mermaid red hair which is not natural to start with so it no <laughs> that's not how it works to be sisters but sure why not why yeah, not our, our hairs are not naturally colored at all no laura looked like a <laughs> like a pejoro pokemon with like the flaming red and the orange like tones like all around so i'm like if you think that's natural and that's why we're related i think mm, mm. i don't know k-pop has been lying to you the, the pink jimin is not real Cotton, no, cotton yeah. candy pink is not a real color <laughs> not from birth even though he's a natural blonde for sure mm, not the natural sure. pink yeah no no so that day our first day we did gamchun village and busan tower like and then, like nampo nampo district area and when we got to gamchun village we kind of like didn't know <laughs> what we were supposed to do so we started a little bit off like on a different side on a different side we and, went like, down we were like in the middle because like it's yeah. like a like a semicircle. Yeah. And we started like in the middle of the semicircle instead of like at the beginning. Yeah. So you can follow that semicircle 
down to the very end. Yeah. So we kind of started in a weird way. But once we got like our our footing, our bearings. Yeah, our bearings. We figured out like where the tourist thing was and like we got a map and whatever. We passed and- by, the, by the same wall like three times because <laughs> we were like, we went to it. Then we came back. Then we went to like the booth and then we came back and then we were like, OK, let's do the whole trail. And then we passed by it again. Like it was yeah, dumb and dumber on that first day for sure. It was our brains. We yeah. we barely had any sleep at we all. Enjoyed it. It was fine. But so one of the things that like really marked me was stamps. Like so there's every- a there's a map. Like so it's just so to explain. It, it kind of like when you go to Epcot Food and Wine, or right. just other kinds of things. Like there <clears throat> there's a pre-made map that you can get at the tourist shop. And then they have a little space for you to find specific stamps and specific places throughout your journey. And Laura was very mind blown by the amount of places around South Korea that had that stamping experience. Because like, again, for us, it's maybe like Epcot food and wine. Yeah, it's not really something that we're used to seeing uh, anywhere else. Yeah, cities don't have like stamping stations so you can like see what they want you to see like Mm -hmm. attractions don't have that either they just kind of have a map and you can choose what to do but with the stamps it's kind of like you're doing what they want you to do and you're thankful like you're documenting it yeah right right it's like oh stamp oh yes this is definitely what I want in this particular moment and if I don't have the stamp the world's gonna end kind of thing it's it's very much like how when we watch like k-pop content the subtitles tell us what to feel the stamps are kind of telling us where to go and what's important and what isn't important yeah I I agree with the what's important and what isn't important part I think it's also just the the gamification speaking and you know how corporate people feel it's like adding an element to an experience to make it yeah. like an incentive and fun and whatever. Right. So it definitely, and this goes, I think, also with the point that we thought about South Korea in general, like the infantilization of things. Mm. So also just kind of make it, you know, the map is not, it's it's like colored as, it, as if it's like a cartoon. Right. And all the things around the stamps kind of look also childish, like something you would get in second grade. Right. So it's very that energy for sure. It was fun. Like it made sometimes like, for example, like Hello Kitty World was very much, which we'll go into a little bit detail later, was really great. But it was a lot of seeing because it's it's basically like a museum type of thing. Yeah. But with the stamps, it made it like seem like it was more interactive than it was. Yeah. So it was it did. It does like elevate the experience. So like at the end of the trip, I was like, I want stamps everywhere I go now. Like, yeah. We had, I would say, counting back, we had experiences with stamps in three different cities. So we had Busan, we had Kamchon Village, Jeju, we had the Hello Kitty World Island uh, stamp passport. And then in Seoul, when we went to the BT21 World pop-up, Line Friends World pop-up, they had also a stamping thing. But some of the things were already pre-stamped, so we only got like one stamp. But yeah. yes, it was it was also meant to be a stamping opportunity. So like Laura said, maybe because of the lack of attractions it still make makes like a like a milestone thing like you were here yeah and yeah i i get that mm-hmm. in busan tower too they had like oh the game this the game the qr like, code game yeah and it's it's like kathy said they have this in a lot of places and like i feel like people here don't really participate when the attractions have this type of thing 
But over there, a lot of people were like interested to do whatever game they were having, like the the visitors play or whatever. Yeah. So that was kind of cool. I agree. I enjoy it. Like whenever I went to Epcot Food and Wine, I always got the passport to stamp all around the world because I think like that is like a a reward. Like you said, I got the end. It's just like I did that. What did I do? That kind of thing, you know. And you have the you have the proof. That's too. I have the receipts because I might not remember a lot of what I did by the end of the day at Epcot Food and Wine. So the passport is there to remind me and everyone else that I I was that bitch and I I did all that, you know, kind of thing. I I'm usually not good at it because I always forget. But in Korea, I was like, oh yeah, we're stamping it. We're stamping it. It was fun. So Laura took more notes, like her stop or city and activity my notes were more like citywide so i'll just mention some of them in between the points of each activity so first of all the fact that you know we say busan but like when we were there we felt the pusan like it was the p the the there's always a middle sound between the b and p in korean but when you're in busan like you hear the p a lot harder so it was it was really fun for us and actually we saw it also written with a p Mm -hmm. so even with romanization they do not agree across the board on what the right spelling of busan is if it's with a b or with a p but the p it goes harder for us yeah i was gonna say i think it should be a p because when we were there it wasn't busan it was pusan like i mean it's like you said a sound in between but the p sounded stronger yeah definitely yeah three or four things uh, that we observed there's no like pedestrian privilege that as we have like it's seen in many other countries in uh in spanish we call it paso peatonal like there's a there's a prioritization of the person walking there there's none of that they will run you over like you are pulling you it's when you are walking you have to look you can't be with both of your earphones in and listening to music you have to listen for what's happening outside because they will run you over so definitely that we were we thought it was so cute that all the older ladies that wear like in their 50s or 60s basically dress the same. It's very cute that they have like a uniform or like an outfit that they all kind of like agree on with like the the sweater or sweater vest with like a floral or striped shirt, long sleeve underneath, their long white pants, their visors, and then like you know their their little clog type of shoes or or sneakers. And some of them with their little uh, cart from shopping at the market that they had, like it was really, really cute that they had like a uniform and they all had like the same perm that it was like, you know, I don't know at at what point in life they were told like, this is the hair. And then everyone said yes. And then they all have the same hair. It was so cute. It, it, It really blows my mind because it's like, why that hair? It was so uniform all around that it was like. How is this like a thing? Like, I, I don't mean, think you thing. see that here. Well, no. that's true. Here, there's a lot more individuality. And let me show you a different side of myself, only myself. Right. There, they were like generationally, let us show yeah. you our talents together. Yeah. So yeah, that it was, was another cute. thing. Also, I don't want this to be a derogatory thing at all, but there was like a smell that we could like feel all across the city. Like it was like a sewer smell that we kept like, just finding in common in many different areas that I don't know where it was coming from. It wasn't a pleasant smell, but there was a smell kind of like sewage type of smell. And it wasn't just one city. We smelled it in all the cities. 
I I remember Busan. Like Busan was the one that really like whether we were in Gamcheon or Nampo or Hyundai or wherever we were, everywhere in Busan, I smelled that smell. I didn't feel as strongly about the smell in other cities. It was just we it depends where we were, like in relation to the um sewer. Sewer, like opening the manhole. Yeah. But I, I felt it in Seoul and Jeju. Jeju is in my mind because of where we were when I really smelled it. Yeah, but you know, like Jeju is such a, uh, like a seaside thing. Right. There's always like a fish smell. So I, I, I right. kind of get the fishing one. But I think Busan, which again is also a beach town. It just had, it wasn't, it didn't feel like a beach smell. It felt more like a sewer smell. Right. So we were definitely sensitive to that. And I mean, I guess by day three, you're like used to it. Yeah. <laughs> Bus drivers were savage in, in Busan. Like, You'll like you, if you heard the last episode, <laughs> our joke about the Busan drift, it was real. Like, we definitely had a hard time on some of those buses. But, you know, it depends also on the driver. To me, what blew my mind, it was these older women getting on this bus. Sometimes they don't have a seat. And they're doing the same thing of just holding on, and they they're were so, so chill about sometimes. it. Right, they, they were, were so all... short, and like, like you, it was hard for them to climb the steps of the bus when they're so big. Right. Like, it felt so bad. But yeah. they were like Unfazed. chilling. Yeah, because like, it's, it's their normal. It's all they know. Yeah, but like, I was like, damn, these these ladies are strong. Yeah, like, yeah. wow, leg muscles. Like, it was yeah, and balance. Like, yeah. I don't think I have that balance. No, they do. They have their <laughs> Pilates studios everywhere in, in yeah. Korea right now, and they're using them. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. also, like, not bus drivers aren't also only savage driving. They're savage in general. Like, it, you, we saw a ton of times, like, people running after buses that they just completely ignored. And even a kid, we were so sad because one was a kid, like, a kid running after a bus. They just leave. Like, they're very, you know, my schedule's my schedule. I close the door. I'm not opening it again. So, and you have to be careful also because sometimes like they open the door a little earlier if there's like a yeah. bus in front of them. So you have to make sure that you're keeping an eye and don't, it's not a guarantee that just because you're standing in front of the stop, they're going to stop there. But Survival don't, don't expect <laughs> Yes, very that. <laughs> very, very it's, that. It, everyone is for themselves and they have places to be. Yeah. I want to take this moment because I kind of sort of have a ulterior motive. I want to be sponsored by Converse. <laughs> I chose <laughs> my shoes for the trip with a lot of time before because, you know, I wanted to look cute. I wanted to be comfortable. We we're going to take a lot of pictures. And so I chose my trusty, dusty Converse. They're not dusty. They're, they're great, but they're trusty. And like these boots that I researched that were supposed to be like super comfortable, whatever. The second day that I was there in South Korea, I decided to use the boots that I had taken so I could switch shoes, right? Horrible mistake. By the end of the day, my feet were about to fall off. And so I had to wear my Converse for two weeks straight, 14 days. And you know what? My feet were fine. So Converse, please sponsor me. <laughs> She was literally looking for the Converse store in Seoul to buy another pair just so she could be like, I switched my shoes. But then she was like, you know, we don't have really space in the in the carry-on. So she went against it because she was like, these are, they're fine. I haven't really been in a lot of pain. So, but yeah, she, she really said, everyone here is about to know that I'm a Converse fiend. So now we know. Everyone and knows. I have had people buy Converse because of my stories, my testimonials. So you know what? 100%. The influencing, influencing is already influencing. 
Yeah, one hundred percent. I wish, but anyway, <laughs> since the first day was like super not hectic. Well, it was a little hectic. The second day, we decided to take it a little slow. We didn't really take it a little slow, but it was a little less walking than the first day. So was it? It was. It was. I mean, that's what I was, I was looking. I'm like, yeah, sure. I think it it was a little less walking. It was more walking than we expected, especially like I. It felt worse for you because of the shoe boot situation. So we walked more than I think we were planning on walking. Just because we didn't really set out with a specific goal that day. We just kind of went to Hyundai. We went to like go to a BBQ place. They required a Korean phone number. So we weren't able to go there. And also like it was 75 people ahead of us or 75 parties, which they call teams ahead of us. And it was, yeah, it was adorable. So we ended up at a different place. And yeah, I think Hyundai was just like, let's just see what happens and it was great that's yeah. where we got cult recruited so here we go with all our cult recruitment story so we'll tell you guys how it is so we expected fully to be cult recruited i think more in soul that's right. where we were probably more yeah going to be mentally prepared for it so what had happened was we walked from the Mipo station to the Chongsapo station because we when we get when we got there to buy our tickets, we hadn't gotten it in advance. So there were almost no tickets left. And the only route that was available was from Chongsapo back to Mipo. So we had to walk to that one, which, by the way, it was really funny that everywhere we went, they told us it was a five minute walk. I, everyone just like they love to say that the walk is five minutes. It's like the first English thing that comes to their head. It's like, oh, five minute walk. It was fully like, you know, 35 not (laughs) but but it was a lovely walk it's absolutely beautiful and you walk by a trail that it's right on the ocean side and there's a construction for an observatory i think it's going to be called we saw like the building process of it so laura has a job in construction there she really wants it so anyway we walked to chongsapo station which is why laura was dying with her feet and then we went to a little restaurant a cafe because there's a lot of cafe culture over there and we a had lot. some like cake and beer or whatever. And then we're like, I want to say our, our tickets were for 4.30. So like at four mm-hmm. or just before we left the, the cafe to go towards the station, but it was too early. So we're like, let's wait outside, but there's no benches. So we just found like some random stuff somewhere. And we're like, they might kick us out because these are like the front te- steps to like a store. But we'll just like sit here until they kick us out. because it's just to rest our feet. So we're sitting there. Go ahead. And not a lot of Korean people do that like yeah they're fine walking we're just tired yeah we were I think we were the no there was another couple of foreigners that also sat but I don't think that's something that a Korean person would do right it's not very common for them to just sit on the floor because it's disgusting (laughs) um not the floor but you know the steps where people step on so we sat there and then we're kind of like paranoid that someone's gonna come tell us (laughs) to get up right but we're just like sitting there So then this girl comes up to us, lovely girl, really pretty hair, really well-dressed. She's like, hey, from sorry, a Korean girl, clearly a Korean girl. She's like, hey, is this a bus stop? And we're both like, no, sorry. Like we're about to like be told to like get up. We're like, no, we we don't really know. Like I think the bus stations across the street or like down there, whatever. And she's like, oh, where are you guys from? And we're like, oh, we're from the U.S. And I don't know uh, uh, what what was going through your mind, Laura, because I, at that point I wasn't really thinking cult in that moment. I was just excited to have like a nice person talk to us, which is how I should have known it was a cult recruitment moment <laughs> because that's what they told everyone, you know. I 
I I was just questioning why she was talking to us and right. asking questions that were so obvious, but I didn't think Colt either. I I just I don't know what I thought, but I was like, why is she asking us about the bus that like we could literally see the bus stop in front of us. Yeah, so it's yeah. Kind of like, is she also a foreigner? At first, I thought she was a foreigner because her English was pretty good. So I yeah. thought maybe she was like American or like it was American because she had the American accent. Yeah. So I was yeah, like, okay, yeah. maybe she's just as lost as we are. Right. But never did it occur to me it was a cult until. <laughs> yeah <laughs> i i i remember it's just like so funny because you you see all the tiktoks in advance and you are so prepared but then when it's happening in real time you i blank out like i for one blank out maybe not everyone does but like i saw so many texts like they were like if a korean person is nice to you and is trying to talk to you they're gonna recruit you into a call so you need to run so that's that i knew that i again i i was i saw all the tiktoks i was prepared but in that moment not in my not in my head so <clears throat> yeah so she's talking to us and she's like oh where are you guys from we're, we're like oh we're from the u.s and she's like oh that's cool and like how long have you been here and we're like 24 hours because it was literally our second day <laughs> and she's like oh my god and she's like and what are you doing and we're like oh we're just waiting for the sky capsule at the Chongsapo station to go back to Mipo. and she's like oh that's really cool and then um i'm not really sure i, I think i asked her about dinner before she gave us the business cards yeah. But because I was just like, oh, I'm gonna like take advantage of this moment. Like we hadn't really done a lot of research about Hyundai. Like we just like, well, like whatever happens, happens. So it was one of those days, and I was like, oh, so what is you know what do you, what place do you recommend for dinner? Because we you know we've had really good food, but like what do you recommend? And she's like, well, the Busan specialty. Oh, because I asked her, I'm like, are you from here? And w which is when we all got more confused that she was yeah. asking us about the bus stop. She's like, yeah, I'm from here and whatever. So I was like, okay, but what do you recommend for dinner? And she's like, well, the specialty in Busan is cold noodles. Have you guys had them? And we're like, no, not yet. And she's like, okay, you should go here. So she showed us like the name of a restaurant. And she said, we also have another specialty that is like pork something. But I'm not a pork person, so I didn't really pay attention to that one. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. Cold noodles it is. And then, yeah. And she's like, well, what are you guys doing tonight or whatever later? And we're like, the place that you're sending us to probably are going to go to dinner. And she's like, well, <laughs> if you have time. And then she pulls out the business cards. And I think we both were like, oh, we should have known. We should have known. So there we were. Overall, though, she she wasn't super pushy. It about wasn't it. pushy at all. At all. So I mean, it could have been worse, but one hundred percent, yeah. But it was. It, she's. I mean, honestly, I'm sure she gets a lot of recruits. She was very good at it. But <laughs> like you know, if it, I agree, I agree. But my thing was, you're there for such a limited time that when someone comes with any sort of like religious activity, like, do you really have time? to say yes to go to the religious thing i don't know maybe maybe unless you are like you know maybe if you go if you're traveling on some eat pray love thing and you're looking for a sign and someone comes with a business card you're like this is my moment maybe yeah, but maybe. for us like even if we wanted to like get to know her and become friendly with her to see if like we wanted to hang out like with what time we didn't really have it's that true. much time it's so. true yeah, so that was our one and only cult recruitment experience in South Korea. And we we did have a couple of people try to approach us nicely in Seoul, but by that point we knew to run. We just we were like we're not. Nope. It was like, nope, not this, not here. So yeah, we just we just ran away from those. But yeah, the, the nice girls in Busan look out for those too. For sure. But they do give really good recommendations for food. So. Listen, if I gotta get recruited, that for me personally, because I'm very picky with food. <clears throat> 
for me, that was my best meal in the entire trip to South Korea. So I would like to thank the cult recruiter organization for training her so well and her taste because it was on point. Best recommendation. The food was super cheap. The service was good. It was really good. It was my best meal in all of the Korea trip. And most people don't look out for cold noodles when it's cold outside. Mm-hmm. Like everyone else that was in that restaurant was having like the dumplings or the warm, the warm dishes. Yeah. Yeah. So we were really one of the only ones having cold noodles yeah. in a cold night yeah. in Busan. Yeah. But it was pretty good. I liked it. It was really good. I, I live my best. We started our ice cream agenda in this particular day by we she means her Uh, yes (laughs) so (laughs) you guys watch k-dramas or like just content korean content in general there's these ice creams (laughs) that people eat that are in like these like plastic things spiral it's like a plastic spiral shape right like a unicorn horn kind of thing yeah and then like you have to like you eat it by like pushing it out of the spiral and it's it's like it's a very distinct ice cream that I had been seeing for years and it was one of the things that I really wanted to try so every time we went to a convenience store I wanted to see if the ice creams were there Laura Laura didn't inform me of this agenda at all we were just like she was always like, I want ice cream. And I was like, okay, queen, pop off. Like, let's go to get, but I, I didn't know what she was looking for until literally the last day. And I didn't, I, I, I didn't know she was looking for it. The motive, the reason, the look, I could have helped her, but I didn't know. She just went and grabbed some ice cream and she had, she tried a bunch of different ones. I think I only wanted to try two, but yeah, she, the, her ice cream agenda was packed and I was not aware of it. So I wasn't able to help on the, on the chase. That's why I said it was all her. I never have I mean, I have ice cream sometimes, but on this trip, I think I had an ice cream every single day. Like yeah. it was, it was a lot, but it was great. I had a good time. They have, they have some good ice cream flavors for sure. They do. They do. And they have a lot of variety as well. They do. So the two ice creams that I wanted to try before the trip were the Malona, which I think I could have had it here, but I just wanted yeah. to have it there. So I had never had it before. And I personally really liked it. I had it that day in Hyundai. And the other ice cream that I wanted to try <clears throat> was the abomination atrocity of the corn <laughs> chocolate ice cream that John Jung Good likes. <laughs> that is like apparently his favorite ice cream from when he said in that round BTS episode. And let me tell you, sir, I don't get it. I, I tried it in Jeju. I was not impressed. I took a bite and I said, what in the fucking <laughs> fuck is this? And I think I, I had like two bites just because at first it's a lot of the... Um, barquilla like the cookie the wafer and then it takes a while to get to it like i had heard that there was corn in there and i'm like corn actual corn like i i heard this and i i was like how is this going to work it doesn't the answer is that it does not work so if you are like looking like crazy for this ice cream that cookie like I mean, I guess we all have different taste buds. So by, by all means, pop off. Don't take like my word for it. But I personally hated it. And so did Laura because I gave it to her to try just because she saw my face. And it was not for us. Neither of us co-signs this ice cream. And I've had corn ice cream before at a Peruvian restaurant because Peruvians. They have, do a lot with corn. Yeah. It, right. Like and pizza. it was good <laughs> then. But this particular one. It was just the, you got attacked by so many different 
textures and flavors that it was like it reminded me so I never (laughs) it's funny that it reminded me of this because I've never had it before but uh we used to watch a lot of the test kitchen from Bon Appetit before it dissolved Mm -hmm. and you know went to shit so Claire uh Safets used to make uh recreate existing things so she recreated these like choco taco ice creams that I think were discontinued and she was talking about how like it, it was tricky to get the texture of the wafer right because once you put the ice cream in there it gets kind of soggy and yeah. all these things so it reminded me of that again it's something that i've yeah. never even tried i just saw a video of it so the wafer is kind of weird because it's like toasty but not toasty and with soggy and whatever and then inside there's like chocolate which is kind of like not the most flavorful chocolate i've ever tried ice cream in my life and then there's like corn kernels inside the chocolate and i'm just like no please stop immediately so i don't get it i didn't get it and it's not for me it was a vibe yeah not that's that's where the my ice cream hunt ended (laughs) swiftly swiftly yeah but the rest of the ice cream was really good (laughs) i only tried the malona one so i can i can speak positively about one that one and that's it i tried this one that looked like um the fish pastries the bongo pang it was delicious aside from the ice cream agenda i also was in a beer agenda (laughs) she was (laughs) but i'm always in a beer agenda when i go on trips to be quite honest like every time we do something i'm like i could have a beer right now (laughs) lara wakes up in the middle of a trip and she's like it's time for beer like oh i sleeping was such a burden and i was i I spent so much energy in my sleep that i need to have a beer right now (laughs) So we pretty much ended our days in Busan mm-hmm. on a beach with soju. Yeah. <laughs> and chill some cider. Yes, ma'am. And it was great. I think we we finished our days like every single day with one bottle of soju in Busan. Well, we're drinkers. That's that's <laughs> clearly. But Laura was, was definitely like beer craving beer throughout the yeah. day. Throughout the day for sure. So for our third day in Busan, we also didn't have anything planned. We didn't. <laughs> we just wanted to go to Jim and Dad's cafe, and that was it. That was really it. So we kind of looked at our map, and um, like we mentioned, we had like things split by areas. So we looked at the map, but it was close to Jim and Dad's cafe, and we kind of just picked or what we had left to like explore in Busan from like right. our prior interests. Yeah. And so, so we 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 chose to go to iki day and 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 oh my god the other beach oriukto islets and the guangali beach so so that's what we did this day i was telling kathy so we went to jim and stag cafe first because you know coffee hunger breakfast it's called magnet everyone for your reference i was telling kathy that it surprised me where location yeah because it wasn't easy it wasn't that it was hard to get to but there wasn't like a subway line you had to take the bus or yeah. walk. So it was kind of like out of the way in terms of like where the tourist places are. For sure. So so that was kind of unexpected, I guess. I thought it would be a little bit more closer to some of the attractions. Yeah. Because the main selling point is that it is Jim and Dad's cafe, right? Right. But it was it was just in like a normal neighborhood. Yeah, it's on the mountain. It's like you have and you you definitely should take the bus and not walk because it's up a hill. So definitely no subway access like that made sense. But it was it was also like, I don't know, from all the videos that I had seen of people going to it, 
it almost felt like it was like at the top of something with like nothing else around and it mm -hmm. definitely is like surrounded by buildings and things and it's kind of like almost hard to like look at it and find it like yeah. I don't know how to explain it but it's definitely not the centerpiece of the street if, okay. if you will yeah I get what you mean Lara was definitely when she told me that I was like I know what you're talking about you're right. onto something yeah I was very shook we went on a Monday I think mm -hmm. yeah so that okay. was really good because it was it was pretty much empty like mm -hmm. There were some people there, but it wasn't super, super packed, which was good because we got to like sit in a table that we wanted and like enjoy just being Didn't there. Didn't feel rushed or anything. Right. Another thing that also surprised me was the decor. Yeah. <laughs> like, again, the main attraction is that it's Jimin's dad's cafe. So I thought like, in the U.S., when it's something like that, they try to do the decorations based on that. Like, they try to capitalize on that, right? Sure. And this one, the only thing they really had was, because it had just been Jimin's birthday the month before, they had a table with, like, gifts that fans had brought for him. But aside from that, besides that one painting that they had there of Jimin, yeah, like, it was just a normal cafe. Right. Which I, I appreciated. Because again, it's like, you know, we all know that like his dad is not trying to make a profit off of his son's fame. Like he doesn't need to try because everyone already is like, go to Jimin's dad's cafe on TikTok. Right. So everyone's doing the promotion for him. But yeah, it's it's definitely not like screaming like, Porahe. you know, it's it's very like much like this is my business. And my son just happens to be the most perfect human alive. And like yeah. you can come here and pretend that like you're six degrees of separation from my family if you want to. But right. yeah, other than that, it's not really like Jimmy Jimin fied like it could be. Right. It's not, I guess, how Americans do would exploit it yeah right americans and honestly colombians too like yeah latin americans in general like right. will exploit the shit out of anything like that right for sure and it, it so that was that was nice but also i was in i guess expecting that i don't know yeah. he had a lot of andy warhol <laughs> prints it did have a good like vibe to it yeah nice uh picture opportunities throughout the place very nice mm. and the food was good the coffee was delicious yeah I like the sandwich that I had and your cheese thing was really good too. And the dessert, the strawberry term oh, yeah. was really good. It was good. Mm -hmm. Like if I lived in the neighborhood, that'd be my cafe to like do shit. There was like a, a lady that I was like working with her computer. Like, you know, she just passed by in her yeah. day in Busan, just like working. Yeah. It was cute. It's very much a neighborhood cafe. And they nice. have like a private, like a semi-private room where like I think somebody was like interviewing somebody. Like it kind of had that vibe of between them. It's like it's it's a it's private, but it's like glass windows, so you can know what's going on in there. But I guess it's like if you wanted to have a meeting or something, you can. There's a little room for that space. It's really Wi-Fi too. Yeah, it's really just a neighborhood cafe, mm -hmm. who just happens to be owned by Jimin's dad. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. Speaking of Jimin, we like John Cook and Jimin are both from Busan, mm -hmm. but we barely saw anything for John Cook. Okay. I mean. Jimin had just had a birthday, so maybe that's why. Yeah. But Jimin's face was everywhere. <laughs> like Jimin is everywhere. like Busan's pride, and it shows. It's like, very that, yeah. Yeah, we need to go in September to see if that's really the case. Like, if if Cookie's right. really not nowhere to be found. But yeah, it was it was low key very surprising that there really wasn't any Cookie banners anywhere. It was just Jimin. Yeah, which again we went 
if you have their birthdays are back to back jungkook says in september uh jimin's is in october we went early november so it made sense again we're both like we're not trying to conspire or anything we're just like expected to see some cookie action somewhere right yeah although i guess all the cookie stuff was replaced by jimin's swiftly on october 13th i don't know (laughs) yeah since we're on bts and the, the what mural? was that yet to come oh yeah the um, yet, yet to come busan concert right. like the live thing yeah they had a had lot just, of stuff it had just happened yeah I, it had a lot of stuff but i thought there would be more considering how close it was that we went or how yeah. close we went to when it happened yeah like i guess the city was very quick to remove yeah. a lot of the things yeah because there wasn't that many things We only things saw a couple over. of them. Yeah. yeah. So that was also a little, again, because Americans and like Latin Americans would capitalize capitalize on that mm-hmm. like all the time. So it's just different to see people not <laughs> capitalizing yeah. as much. Right. Yeah. This day, like Laura mentioned, we did Iggy Day. is a geopark. And you can look up on Google what that means because I did, but I forgot already. So I'm sorry. <laughs> but it's just like a very beautiful area that you can hike. And we, I did zero research about it before going. We were just like, it was one of like Laura's places of interest on the map. Yeah. So we just like went to it. But like from where the bus stop leaves you up until like the entrance to Iggy Day Park, it's like a 45 minute walk. Just that, right. like just that trek. Going up. And then when we got to the entrance of the Iggy Day Park, we could see people coming out with like, canes and like boots and like you know uh camel packs and hats and the hiking equipment and we were there like looking cute for pictures so we were like "Mm, i don't think that this is for us today so we didn't we didn't do the hike we just like we went to the entrance of it on the side of the igite park we took pictures we were right next to the guancan bridge so it was really beautiful it was really nice yeah and then from there we just walked back to the bus stop and then took a bus to the oriukto islet side which is where the other like the exit of the igite park is so you can start at either side and you will exit at the other one right the opposite one so we went to the oriukto islets because there's an observatory there but it was closed when we went so we unfortunately were not able to step up on the skywalk i think is what it's called yeah but we just like it's a really nice picture opportunity we you can still see the islet so the there's what what i saw which was very limited and information wise is uh there's these little chunks of rock off of the like land and they're called islets and the cool thing about them is that depending on where you're seeing them from there are more or less of them so like you will you'll see six or seven depending on when you're standing so that's what the cool thing about them is and it is a beautiful picture opportunity especially i'm sure if the skywalk were open but i I think from where we were i only saw three Mm -hmm. like two really big ones and a little one yeah i don't remember seeing more than three but again depends on where you are right but it was pretty and then from there we went to guangali beach and then the really funny thing that i remember from guangali is that we were walking around so again you see and hear about all these things in advance and you think you know, but when you see it, it really hits you in the face. So one of the things that I saw a lot of, or we both like were laughing at in, in Guangali Beach is the whole like couple stressing alike situation. Like specifically that day, it was like from head to toe uniform. Like, and if you're not having a photo shoot and if you're not holding each other's hands to the point that they turn purple, are you even together kind of thing? Like, the answer is was, no. <laughs> the answer is no. Not in Korea. Like, spoiler alert, no. 
So <laughs> we saw a lot of that that day. We saw like a couple riding a scooter together mm -hmm. where they, they like barely fit and they were tiny like already to begin with. So it was just, it's just like, you know, the toxicity is in the air is really what it is. It's, it's just a difference in culture for sure. But it's, it was uh, interesting to witness it firsthand. Right. Cause we had seen it, you know, like in K dramas and all that stuff. Like we know it's a thing, mm -hmm. like we know, but it's very different actually seeing it in person. Yeah. And it impacts you. <laughs> yeah. Wow. And like in general, talking about couples like we know people in the U.S. go on dates right like yeah. you know but when you're out and about they're not so easy like you can't just see a couple and be like oh they're on, obviously on a date yeah like it's more like I guess they could be on a date but they could just be like together talking right but over there you you can tell people are on a date and, and people date a lot. Like, I don't know how to explain it. Like, yeah, like it's, it's part of the whole conversation that we had about how they do a lot of internal tourism. So for example, we went to the Hyundai Sky Capsules, <clears throat> right? And you expect to see a lot of tourists there, but no, Laura and I were like, up, I don't know, maybe in the 5% of tourists that there were, yeah. the majority of people were couples on dates or like little right. groups of friends that were there. So there's a there's a very strong date culture and a, and a culture for doing cool things and dates on dates right. so that you can have pictures to post on the ground kind of thing. But, but see, that day was a Saturday. So like dates, okay, makes sense. But sure, when we went sure. to Gongali Beach, it was, it was a Monday. Yeah. And they were still dressed to the nines. Yeah going on dates like I live in a very touristy part of Miami and there's stuff going on every single day of the week like yeah. people don't care because they're on vacation it's they're lit. having a good time yeah but it's not so obvious that people are on dates like it was it was the absolute cutest though because yeah. like seeing them like dressed to the nines just going to the beach to take pictures and like the guy being obviously like overly loving and overly like here like let me hold your stuff oh here let's take a picture yeah and like yeah. Just flowers like the, the flowers yes yes like just the cute interactions yeah. gave me life because yeah. we don't really see that here like when ryan and i go out and we notice that we're wearing the same clothes we're like no we gotta change <laughs> like, <laughs> like this isn't okay this isn't okay like the difference so it's just like it's it's interesting to see yeah. <laughs> Very. I also like the fact that just Koreans in general take a lot of pictures mm -hmm. because I didn't feel like people were judging us because we were taking pictures. Like, yeah, you don't necessarily look like a tourist because you're right. taking pictures because they are taking pictures themselves. Like they go so to Guangali Beach to have little photo shoots with like the, the letters and the bridge in the back. It's very common for like the whole beach to be packed with people from Korea trying to show themselves living their best lives. Right. And it, I thought it was cute and funny. Like I thought if like if I were living in, in South Korea, like if I were a South Korean <clears throat> living there and I was like, what can I show the people of the gram today? How can I stunt on them? Um, you know, them girls and be like, you know what? I want to go to Guangali today and just like the sunset and serve and give the children what they need and yeah it was like cute because I you could see like they left their house to come take this picture kind of thing yeah so yeah it was it's very different I think I mean I don't know I, I I know that there's a lot of influencing going on in Miami as well we're just not we don't partake in that yeah but it's different because mm -hmm. 
they're influencing, but everybody around them is judging. There's a there's a couple of Instagram accounts that are like about Miami and uh -huh. about Miami living. Yeah. And you always see people like posting stories about some influencer influencing. Yeah. And it's like, ha 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 ha, they're influencing, right? It's right. like, you're making oh my God, like, them. oh, you're doing that. Yeah. When everybody does it, but like doing it, obviously, it's like, a, ugh, ugh. yeah, yeah. But over there, it's like everyone's doing it and it's not like, uh, it's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to do it, too. So it, yeah. was, it wasn't. It's different. It definitely right. is different. Yeah. And like everyone poses for pictures. So, mm -hmm. again, it's not weird to see people thinking of the picture and posing for the picture. And taking Here, a million pictures. Right. Like the little hearts, like the finger hearts, the hand yeah. hearts, the cheek hearts. It's not just like teenagers. It's little children grandmas, middle aged people, like people in their 20s, everyone is doing the poses. Yeah. So it just feels like, yeah, I can do what I want. It's yeah. Cool. That day at Oriukto, like we, we didn't ask for pictures. We didn't feel comfortable asking anyone for pictures because we didn't know how to ask. Even if we knew I'm a very shy person, I don't like to ask people or feel like I'm bothering someone. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't have asked. And Laura is not a picture person. So I don't think she would approach someone to take a picture of us either even though she felt more comfortable asking for things if we actually needed them. So, but we had the fortune that some Korean ladies in a couple of different cities, like just saw us together and they came up to us and like in Korean, they said, do you want me to take a picture of you? And then I gave them my phone and then Laura and I post, and then they would tell us like, hata, hata. and it was just like the cutest thing. Cause he's like, you know, older ladies that look like they were probably in their fifties or sixties. I don't know. We're just like uh, telling us to do hearts like this or like over our heads or like, you know, all the hearts. And we were just like, you know, grateful. And then we would offer to take the picture of them again, zero uh language crossover like we basically spoke in english like I, I would say maybe like thank you or whatever in in korean or like nah, dude, set. like the only things that we know from like listening to the songs and watching the shows that are easy enough but that's it and they just like you know korean to english just it you don't it's really wonderful how much body language is the same all across the world that mm -hmm. you know enough to be able to uh help each other or communicate in action so yeah we have that and i shouldn't have said and but i always say and and also when things don't really have any connection to each other but whatever <laughs> at least you know yourself <laughs> self-awareness is key <laughs> This day was the only day that we could say we were catcalled. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. Yes. But like, it's not, <laughs> it's not, it wasn't like you're. It wasn't gross. Right. right it wasn't gross. Right. Like it usually is for us. Like we're, we come from South America and like, I've heard some really gross things. Really, really gross things. I'm sure Laura has as well. And Laura works in construction, which are also, it's an industry that is also known for a lot of gross cat calling and a lot of mm. gross things to say. So yeah, I've heard a lot of really disgusting things, which we wouldn't have understood them anyway. But when we went to Igide Park, we were walking again from the bus stop to the entrance of the park and we passed by a little restaurant by a convenience store and there were like three older korean men they were probably in their 50s or 40s i don't know because you know no, they... i think they were a little bit older yeah i'm sure they were older because they look younger over there so right. they're probably they, they 95 but they just look 50 <laughs> yeah <laughs> so t but we were we were walking by and you know laura and i both were like full faces of makeup on every day like feeling our oats like we were trying to like look cute for these pictures so yeah we look good 
and we just like passed by and I heard the man say Arundao, like which means like beautiful something and they they said it with that voice that older men use when they see younger women like meet and we were both like not this but <laughs> but also sure why not another experience in South Korea yeah Check. so that was the you, only day like that I said that we got catcalled continuing with the catcalling people in South Korea look and they look a lot <laughs> Like, yeah, this was one of the questions that we got also from like our friends and on Instagram about the staring situation. Because again, we've all known, <laughs> we've all seen, we've all heard that staring is a thing in South Korea. So yeah, that, that I actually had that on my notes about, I, you know, I wrote down like the scanning percentages that we both felt. Yeah. So this is a great opportunity indeed to talk about this. I, so people in this side of the world, and by this side, I mean the, the U.S. and Latin America, which yeah. is what we're most used comfortable to. and used to. We are, we all look, we're two muscles at heart. We yeah. just want to, we just want to see stuff, right? Yeah. But we've been taught since very little to be very discreet about looking. And whenever we're talking about someone, like another table at a restaurant or like someone wearing something interesting, we're yeah. taught to be discreet about it and yeah. to look without act looking. natural act natural right right yeah right, so you right. pre- you're pretending you're like okay how like laura tells me if we're in a restaurant sitting in front of each other she's like okay the table behind you is totally in a fight and i'll be like okay see let me be like <laughs> oh i need something for my bag and then like fully do like a <laughs> i need to agree like twist yeah yeah and like, even when you go like people watching like people say yeah, that like yeah, you go yeah. to the mall to people watch you go to like bayside in miami even that you find a way to like make it like you're not doing that right 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 right. like when i was little and my parents would 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 you know we would talk about something like that and i wouldn't be discreet enough i would get screamed at by my mom like laura <laughs> no te voy a decir nada i'm not gonna <laughs> tell you again like I'm not going to show you anybody anymore. And so like, we're used to that kind of culture. So when we get to Korea, not only are we obviously not South Korean, like just very obvious, not just from our hair, our eyes, but just our bodies, literally our clothes, like literally everything is very not South Korean about us. Yeah. Like we didn't think we had taken or like packed colors that were like super out there but they were super out there apparently because pastels Let, let's talk about our wear. color palettes really quickly like i <laughs> took i took white olive green like camel green burgundy cream and black that was my palette like right. and mostly solid i had one plaid right. that was and that was like blue with burgundy and white that was it I all took, solids all solids too i took black reds and orange not orange it was like Mustard. yellow browns so they're all very strong colors like even though they're solid colors they're the darker stronger colors yeah yeah so everyone in korea tends to go for more pastel colors mm-hmm. so we were obviously <laughs> not, not from there fitting. like yeah i i don't think i saw anybody wear red like a really hardcore red no besides like, foreigners even even the older ladies that were like in uniform and stuff they were more like pink flowers and things right. like that but not red red is not a color that i saw a lot yeah. if anything it made me laugh because i remember wanting to take my white jeans for like an outfit and i was like no it's like it's after labor day and like whatever which i don't really subscribe to that in miami yeah. at least but because of the pictures <clears> and also because i was like i'm not really gonna wear white pants so like i don't even know if, like how dirty i'm gonna get them and i'm probably yeah. only gonna wear them once so i took things that i could rewear multiple right. times but everybody was wearing white 
Like yeah. that, the whole like not white after Labor Day, not a thing in Korea. Not so if you want to wear white and not feel judged, or not that you should care anyway, but yeah. Korea is a place to do it. There were fall a lot of white fashion was winter. not fall fashioning. Nope. That is, it's a very different fashion. Except for the fact that they were wearing ridiculous, like bulky jackets when it wasn't even that cold. And oh, yeah. we were like, how are they not like sweltering right. hot inside? And right. then the days that it was really, really fucking cold, they weren't wearing the ridiculous jackets. It was better. such a mindfuck for both of us. We were like, what is happening? We were very confused. Yeah. Anyway, so we, back to the staring. We were obviously not Korean. And the amount of staring. At a point, it just became like one normal. Two, I'm pretty a contest. sure. Contest. I was gonna say like I think Kathy had stare competitions with <laughs> multiple people. I did multiple times because like... it got to the point where it was like, "What? Like you're know, like, bitch? What are you looking at? Like, yes, I'm not from here. Yes, I look good. Yes, I am. You know, living my best life. Like, it was one of those things where. It, it depends on the stare. Not every stare, like stares are different, guys. Stares, <laughs> you can tell a lot by the way that people are looking at you. So for yeah. example, in Tegu, we were in the in the metro <laughs> and this lady got on and this lady was three inches tall, mind you. She was so little. It was she was the cutest thing. Old little lady. We were there on a Sunday. The metro was packed. Like Degu was moving yeah. on that Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> we were both standing because there was nowhere for us to sit. And this lady gets on with her little supermarket cart. And then she looks up at us. She realizes we're foreigners. Her eyes bulge out. like, <laughs> But like in, in, in bewilderment is the only yeah. word that I can describe. Like she was just, the math wasn't mathing for her in her brain of like, what we were doing there, what we were doing in Dago, what we were doing in that train on that at that time. <laughs> like she just she I know she wished she was like that she could have talked to us and we would have understood so she could have asked us what the fuck was happening. One hundred percent. And then Laura says that because I didn't see her. I wasn't really looking that much. Laura was standing on the side. I was standing on this side. I had lady, her stare, right? The lady <laughs> was like, you know, standing down on Laura's side. And she was there for maybe like a couple of stops. And then she got off before we did. So Laura like turned to me at some point And she was like, Kathy, I have a hole in my face from how this lady was staring me down. And I was like, no way. Like, And, and she, she, so she, she only got... Because she came from the side, so she was only staring at her side profiles. Yeah. And at a point, she like wanted more. Yeah. <laughs> so she just kind of like popped her head out <laughs> to look at us from the front. Yeah. And I, I was just like, Laura would look at me. So Laura laughs at everything literally everything laura can be having a panic attack and she starts laughing laura is a laugher so she just like would turn to me and she couldn't hold it she was like i don't know what to do what is happening and i was just like i don't know bro whatever like i guess we're just getting looked at but yeah so that was one type of stare but when laura the specific, the specific staring contest that i will not forget is the one i think we were at the airport in jeju island we were like at our gate and i was like going through my book bag you know just like looking at my things and then I look up and then in like the next row of chairs there was a man who was like with his wife and this motherfucker was staring at me like he was Bruce Willis looking at a, at a villain at a movie you know kind of thing like he was looking at me like like the fuck are you okay. doing here like what are, like he was not giving me a nice expression so that's when I said okay I've been here a couple of days too I can do this square up motherfucker like I literally was ready to go to war with this man and be like I'm not gonna blink bitch like <laughs> It just brought out the worst to me. But again, it's the way that the, the starings have different looks to them. So yeah, he basically looked away. I want to say maybe like 
25 to 30 seconds later like it, we just stared at each other like Laura was like what are you doing and I was like I'm having a staring contest apparently so yeah that is that is a thing another one that I vividly remember we were on the metro and we were just sitting and I noticed some ladies were staring at us but like I paid them no mind I was right. looking I was just looking everywhere <laughs> they get off and Kathy's like I just had the biggest stare down of my life with this lady yeah because because Laura had noticed that, she, that they were looking at us but I hadn't and then I look back and then I see her just like you know that look from like in like Mexican telenovelas where like the the older lady is looking at like the girl that the protagonist male wants to wants to marry like that it was that kind of a look and I was like why why me what why today you picked the wrong one you picked the wrong one lady because I'm gonna stare right back and then yeah they got off of the metro but <laughs> those were fun but I wanted to bring out the the scanner percentages so I'm not someone who really like pays attention to a lot of like what people are doing or like if people are looking like whatever like I don't really it doesn't really register for me yeah. I I see what's happening but I, I don't I don't really run the the thing in my head Laura is more of like an observant and oh, like no immediately way. analyzes what's going on and she's like tells me what's happening and I was like oh really like I didn't notice so my my percentages of what I thought was like 95% of people like don't really care like 95 don't really look at you uh 3% stare and 2% are like nice about it like they're not they're not mean whatever Laura said she, she looked at me and she goes oh you naive little bitch uh she goes 80% don't care 15% stare and 5% are nice like her her percentages were more like distance so yeah I would I would say Laura's is more accurate than mine 100% I just don't really see it the one thing that I do want to point out is here and especially in Latin America you get looks that are kind of they make you feel dirty <laughs> like people men um give you like look at you like you're a piece of meat I didn't feel that in Korea at all no the stairs were more either judgy or like Kathy said bewilderment that we were there <laughs> like like that little lady yeah. um but it wasn't like gross no so it, it didn't feel like we were being looked at in that gross way no no even in <clears throat> like uh Hongdae like it wasn't like that it wasn't no. it wasn't that look at all no like, I would agree with you People look, but they don't look like it's an evaluation. Like, yeah, no, yeah, it's an yeah. evaluation. Right, right. Not right. it, and yes, yes, judging, but not all the looks look judging. If you know right, what I'm saying, right. like you, you know that they're looking at you and they're trying to figure out your life story, but right. not necessarily in a negative way or from a negative perspective. Right. With the amount of looks and stares that we got, it was refreshing, I guess, to not feel like we were pieces of meat especially because <laughs> I like South Korean we tend to use our clothes a little bit fitted to our bodies so that's also very different <laughs> yeah like I can't wear baggy jeans for the life of me it's just it doesn't look good on me so all my jeans are fitted and all my right. pants are fitted so you can see what my body looks like <laughs> like not in just, a nasty way again just as like it's just what looks good on me like and it's also like colombian and venezuelan culture like that's how we dress the baggier your clothes are that means that the least you care yeah and the more desarreglada how do you say that in english messy um mm. 
yeah messy you look yeah. right so yeah. it's just something that we've been taught since we were little too yeah. so it was nice to not feel like pieces of meat yeah so from Busan we went to Jeju Jeju was a dream I fucking loved it yeah like it was beautiful before before we start with Jeju I wanted to mention something that we experience at every single airport and it doesn't happen to Koreans it only happens to foreigners for the most oh. part so we we noticed so the first night <clears throat> that we got to to Korea so we arrived in Seoul and we took a flight to Busan from Kimpo Airport. So we checked in, we found the like the assistant lady that talked to us. She actually knew English a lot really well. And she, you know, checked us in. She gives us like a paper. She kept our tickets and she gives us just the paper and she's like, now that you're checked in, you're gonna go to gate whatever, like 68 or the, not gate, but the counter, counter number 68. You're gonna look at the screen and you're gonna see a bunch of suitcases passing by. If you see yours, that means it needs to get inspected, so you need to come back here. So if you don't see your bag in the next 10 minutes, come back and I'll give you your tickets. And we were like, okay. And then Laura was looking around and she's like, she only told us. She's not telling that like no Koreans are like standing here next to us and waiting for their like suitcases to go through. And then I was like, okay, I don't know, whatever. And then when we were at Busan going to Jeju and then the same thing. She was like, if you see your bags, come like back to us and tell us. We didn't see the bags. And then from Jeju to Seoul again and then i think there was next to us like there was somebody talking to the lady and she was like why is my bag like why am i getting this treatment or whatever and then we talked to some girls in seoul that also had experienced it and they were more outwardly upset to the people about right. it so that's something that you can expect and we were traveling with carry-ons but we were checking our carry-ons because there's a weight limit to them over there which is 10 kilograms and right. ours were like 14 13 right. so we kept checking our bags, our, our carry-on bags for for every flight. And that's why they were getting inspected. Okay. But yeah, foreigners do get a little bit of an extra look when you are boarding a plane. So you should know that. Take they take, take that into account if you're running late to the airport. Even if you're right. traveling domestically, you should budget an extra 10 to 15 minutes for your bag to get inspected. Yeah, it was it was fine. Like yeah. the girls yeah, that yeah. we met were upset about it, but like we just kind of made like a mental note, like, okay, this is happening, but we just moved on. Like it didn't really affect us except for those 10 minutes, 15 yeah. minutes that we lost. Yeah. Lost. No, I mean, I get it. But like, you know, it. especially when it's like Americans, there's different <clears throat> gun laws and whatever. So I understand yeah. that they want to take their extra measures. Like there it's their country and they do what they got to do. One thing that we did notice was, or we found out in a good way, is there aren't any liquid limits while traveling within South Korea. So you could travel with like a big bottle of whatever mm -hmm. in your book bag. And you can and also fly like... with soju in your bag, <laughs> which we also we found, found out. out. <laughs> and we were very happy about because we were sad yeah. that we were going to have to leave a bottle in Jeju. Yeah. And we ended up being able to take it with us to Seoul. So yeah, that was nice. So we get to Jeju. And like I said, Jeju was beautiful. We also didn't really have, <laughs> this is like a common thing. We didn't really have our day planned. We just kind of like had things that we wanted to do. Yeah. But it wasn't like, this is what we're doing this day. But I, I think that's something that I personally prefer because when you have your day planned and you have like times of like when you're going to do certain things and you have like train times or you have tickets yeah. bought, it creates stress around That's arriving true. to the place at that time. Like we had some days, particularly in Seoul, 
where we had bought tickets in advance to activities and then we had to plan our day based around that and we were basically like no we can't do that because it's not close enough no we can't do that because you have to be there by a certain time so it really limits you so of course there are some things that you buy the tickets for in advance and you want to do those things so they are the priority and you find to plan the day around that but if you don't have to and you just have like a bunch of landmarks that you want to visit and you want to see depending on the weather and how the day is going and if you're hungry or you're not hungry it's good to just kind of like let it flow so that was the case for us in Jeju for sure we did that a lot yeah so we just kind of chose to go to the western side of the island on our first day I don't know why we chose the western side I think we we were just looking at what was close because like truthfully from the east side it was mostly falls and the women fisher right like area so there wasn't a lot of like when you had the pins on the map, most of them were on that side of the island. Right. And it was like, you know, Hello Kitty Island and this and this and what like all the things were kind of on that side, right. Highland Park. So it just it made sense for to us that day to to navigate from that side to the hotel. We were kind of like, mm-hmm. OK, we're going to not go to the hotel right away. We're just going to go through the island and make stops. And right. it just made more sense that day to take the <clears throat> western side. And. The first couple of stops that we did were just beaches. Mm-hmm. And something that really like surprised me, I guess, was the water. Like in my head, I don't know why I thought the beaches were going to be like the Pacific Northwest or something like that, where it's not like this Caribbean clear crystal water. But I couldn't have been more wrong. The water was this crystal clear blue green. The sand was white sand. So it was it was like a really nice, I guess, surprise for me. No, I didn't. I didn't think it was going to be like the Pacific Northwest. I thought it was just like, like in my head, I was just thinking of like Bora Bora, Fiji, and other like islands <clears throat> in whatever that area. So I didn't. I wasn't really surprised by the beach, and I had seen some footage from Jeju Island, so I was not surprised by the beauty and like the the teal colors of the water and all that stuff like it really was beautiful i wish we could have gone in i wish we would have gone in where we could have gone in like you were saying like that would have been nice i know this time in the summer at least we weren't sweating in the other places so summer 2023 or maybe not (laughs) life sponsor us jeju (laughs) please we'll go we'll go if you pay for the flight so one thing that i learned in this trip especially in South Korea. If you see something that you want to buy, just fucking buy it. Don't wait. Like, don't wait. Like it happened to us where we were like, oh no, we'll get it later. We'll get it here. And like, there was no later. That was it. And it sucked. Like, yeah, we missed out on some opportunities <clears throat> because we, I think like the base for us is probably Miami and Colombia. Like in Colombia, right. if you see something at the beach, you're going to see it at the airport. So you right. don't have to buy it at the beach. It might be a little bit more pricey at the airport, but at the exchange rate, like it's fine. It's not a big change. Yeah. So I think we expected to kind of have that similar experience, but we didn't. It wasn't like that. We There wasn't really m- multiple opportunities to get something in multiple places. Like you go to the place, they have that for sale. That's a specialty and that's where they sell it and that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Unless it's like an Olive Young, it, it's you're you're screwed. Like, yeah, if you want something, just fucking get it <laughs> even, even then because it's we're not really talking only about like souvenirs like for example i gave myself a second degree burn in jeju right so all throughout seoul i went to like a pharmacy and i would buy like a type of bandage to like try to wear it right but i wouldn't buy too many because i didn't know how they were gonna work and i didn't know if i was going to like them and if they were gonna just work well with my skin it's fucking jokes on me because i went to literally like five different pharmacies and they all had different bandages i never had the same bandage on again 
because I could never find them. And the size of my burn was pretty big. So I had to, a lot of pharmacies didn't even have like that size of a bandage. So it was a fucking mission. Like it was, <laughs> you don't know if you should buy 10 of them because you don't know if they're going to work for you and yeah. they're pretty pricey. And then you don't know if you should buy like, you know, enough to like cover you for a couple of days because you don't know when the next pharmacy you're going to find with the right bandages are. So yeah. yeah, it definitely, if you see something that you like, buy it on the spot. And buy as many as you need because you might not find it again. And don't burn yourself in Jeju is my don't advice do it. personally. So the hotel in Jeju, we kind of found randomly. We were looking at like Airbnbs and cabins and that kind of stuff. And I don't remember how I was, how I got to this particular hotel in Expedia. But it came up for me and like I saw that they had jacuzzis in every single room. Uh, room. So I was like, okay, this is a little bit more expensive, but we're only going to be there for two nights. Yeah, we were we were looking at a lot of different places. And when we did the research for hotels, like <clears throat> we both had like a side of the spreadsheet and we were like, this is what I found. What do you think? And originally Laura had found something in the like, uh, so in the not so people in the Jeju city. And I was like, I don't want to stay in the city. Like, no, I was like, I found this other place by the beach. And then she was like, well, I don't like that place, but I'll look in that area. So then she found the hotel and yeah we're like yeah it's you know we're we're being pretty good about the spending on hotels and the rest mm -hmm. of the cities but it's only two nights here so i think we can go like a little bit higher than we've gone everywhere else and yeah and honestly was it wasn't it. that expensive it was no. only like 120 a night so like it was more expensive that we had spent in other cities but it it really was a nice wasn't. hotel like the, right. the bathroom was super nice like the bidet Huge. was the best bidet we had in, in yeah. all the hotels the like the it had like marble like the well the hotel was kind of used <laughs> i was gonna say the hotel had a, an identity crisis and it it hired multiple different decorators like every two weeks i think and then each decorator put their own personal like touch on the hotel because the hotel had like greek vibes on one side egyptian vibes on another side 60s deco on one other side like the eras were airing throughout the hotel <laughs> so but it was nice it wasn't like it was a nice hotel like was, they just you know they tried their hardest they really did <laughs> and they they were like stay in your lane why 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 in one lane when you can have all of the lanes so yeah and it had a lot of different styles mixed in so but, but the rooms were spacious yeah and they actually did have a uh, room service which was nice and the food um, was really good actually right and the portions were huge the room was big, like I said, so we had space to, we each had our space for our, like our stuff. Luggage and yeah. Yeah. And then like the balcony was pretty big. There was an actual jacuzzi for two people yeah. in each room because we had to change rooms because our first room smelled like cigarettes. Mm. So like it was, it was a nice hotel. It's just the decorating wasn't it. Yeah. The architecturing was all over yeah. the place. Yeah. You have you have multiple experiences when you walk into the hotel. You like look at the garden and you see like the Greek and Egyptian vibe and you're like, okay. And then you walk in and then you see like art deco situation and then you like go to the lobby and then it's like great Gatsby Roaring Twenties. Like it's it's a it's jarring to go from room to room. So yeah. But everyone was super nice. And yeah. like if you want a comfortable hotel, I would I would definitely recommend it, especially for the jacuzzi. I would stay there again. Yeah, and the view in general, like the, the morning, the, the sunrise Oof. is breathtaking. Oof. Yeah, it's far from like the city, but it's worth it. Right, and it's in Soguipo, which is still like a pretty touristy area. Like it Super. wasn't it wasn't that bad. There's a lot to do there. 
Right. We we had had a couple of days in Busan. Our feet were feeding. <laughs> Our 30-year-old bodies were feeling it. Feeling it. So we had been really looking forward to the jacuzzi. Mm. And even though on that first day we had a really really long day yeah we flew we touristed we drove we were so looking forward to the jacuzzi that as soon as we got to the hotel all of our like tiredness sort of just went away and the jacuzzi was literally healing like yeah it was fucking amazing yeah we took like videos that you probably will <laughs> never see of us like trying to do the choreography so like a bunch of k-pop videos we failed at all of them like we don't know the choreos so but it was just funny like we were just recording ourselves for like 20 minutes and there was a lunar eclipse that night it was the last lunar eclipse that we'll see until 2025 so we were just like in the jacuzzi looking out the window in jeju like living our best lives like it felt very surreal Mm -hmm. and we had a really good time that night so it was, was really you know the, despite the exhaustion and everything like the hot water was definitely what we needed so highly recommend the next day we also did not planned but we wanted to do the things that we had in on our first day which is seeing the falls like Deju is known for having a lot of beautiful falls mm -hmm. so we wanted to like explore them even yeah. though we didn't want to go hiking hiking we wanted to at least see something yeah because like from what we had researched we knew that there were some that didn't require extensive hiking we went to the first fall and it was really nice it was beautiful i really really can't recommend this fall enough they're called chonjion falls and this is where kai from exo went so if you've seen like pictures of him and and jeju with the dol harubang which is the stone grandfathers like that's where the park where he went it's called chonjion falls we'll include a link to it and it was really good because there wasn't really a hike it was a walk you, you could just walk to the falls without really going uphill or anything so it's the friendliest if you have any sort of like disability or you have a wheelchair or you have like a, a scooter or a walk or whatever. Those we can recommend if if that's the, the case, because the rest of the ones that we went to, we got there and we we're like, nope, stairs out. Like we were we were not we were not in the mood. We were not trying Our to shoes. hike. Our, Our shoes, shoes were not for Yeah, it. we were like... not wearing the right shoes like we were dressed pretty athletically both days yeah so we could you know move around so like the the outfits were fine but the shoes and, and you know these are not like manicured steps if i could call right. it something they were like you know some were made out of stone some were made out of wood very tall or very short so it's hard it's it's nature it's literally like you're in a mountain right. so of course to get to the falls there's like some tracks here and there so if you have any concern with any of that just go to Chonjion Falls and you will just have a good time because it'll be safe and easy to get to the falls. And they're beautiful. It was it was really nice. Like we were able to take a lot of pictures there. Yeah. And we were like enjoying it. They have a lot of souvenir stops there. So both in the park and outside. They have a lot of restaurants as well, too. It's kind of yeah. like a rest area. They have a lot of buses that mm -hmm. stop there. And I think the ticket to get in is only 2001. So yeah, like it, you can't get any better than that. It was it was pretty cool some lady i had my hat on and some lady called me cute so she said pretty you know she said pretty which is better than cute oh i always forget yeah. pretty. so she was... she was also wearing the hat so i think she just said it in solidarity <laughs> no you look cute but it was nice. cute anyway yeah yeah judge was it like the the falls and all the it's beautiful it's so beautiful yeah. and we got really really lucky 
because of two days that we were there, we got the best weather. Literally best. the day that we left, it was raining. So it was like starting to be shitty weather. So we, yeah. I don't, like God really said, let me help you guys because y'all are going to need it. So the weather we got was perfect yeah. for every cold. single place. I wore short no. sleeves both days without a jacket, no problem. And then we wanted to go tangerine picking. But the one that I had looked at was by Jeju City. And in order to get to Jeju City from where we were, we could either go around the mountain or through the mountain. Through the mountain takes longer, obviously, because you're going through a mountain and it's not and like you're, you're going, going through. Up, you're not a, not a straight line. You're taking going, a hike up. And, right. You know, so. so we did that and it was it was the most beautiful car ride ever. <laughs> posted some videos of it on our TikTok. If you go to at MIA, the number two k podcast uh you'll find it we'll, we're also going to link it here and we have probably a couple more but we took some like uh time lapses hyper lapses of the drive it was fall the orange of the mountain everything was beautiful somehow our little sedan was you know really pulling through with us with those like brakes yeah. on those like steep uh uphill climbs and going down and it's just such a beautiful thing. I really wanted to do the drive personally because after watching Attorney Wu, the episodes that they do in Jeju, I was really like trying to see how it was like for myself because they, they they did the trip in the summer. So for them, it was different. We It looked very different when we went. But Laura made it a point because she was like, the GPS kept telling us to go around it. And she's like, no, bitch, I want to go through it. So she found <laughs> a way for us to be able to go through it. And there's like a UNESCO protected area that you can go at the top, like, there's a lot to do on the mountain yeah. and the views because there's some areas where there's like a bridge to like the beach. Beautiful. It's an Beautiful. app. We can't recommend it enough. You can definitely Beautiful. rent a car and do it. And by the way, another observation for funsies, like 97% of the cars in Jeju were white, which I think is such a serve because it just looks rich, you know? <laughs> so I really appreciated that about Jeju. And the other thing that you need to keep in mind, if you're going to drive in Jeju, we talked in our logistics episode about the international driving permit. So you well, you can go to that video to check that. But just from our experience in Jeju, first of all, the GPS is very much like not going to let you live your last life because if you're going over the speed limit, it's just going to scream at you like the whole time. And then also there's this thing where you enter an area and it tells you like you have to go at a certain speed and then you have to go at that speed for a certain time. And Lara was trying to do the math on like, how do they figure out if you were going at that speed or not? And it's because they clock your license plate. They have pic they take pictures <clears throat> of it when you enter that area and they see at what time you exited it. So they do the math and they're like, OK, an average, this person went at 81 miles per hour or kilometers per hour instead of 80 so you have to make sure like your GPS will be calculating it for you and you'll see like you are at 77 or you are at 82. So you should go slow the rest of the way. Yeah. So there's a lot of that. And there's like a million fake speed bumps. Like you never know which speed bump Ooh. is real and which one is not That's real. True. So they have the, the paint on the floor for like a speed bump and it looks like an optical illusion. And you look from like 100 feet ahead and you're like, is that a real one or not? And you don't know whether to slow down or not. So you obviously look at the car in front of you to see what they do. But sometimes there is no car in front of you and you are the only one driving. So you don't know uh, where whether or not it's a real speed bump. So there's a lot of speed bumps all around Jeju, like all around. There's a million speed bumps. Some of them are fake. Some of them are real. So nice little gamble for you. You can play a game and you can be like, real or fake, real or fake, real or fake, and see who's going to win. And what else was there? Yeah, that's pretty much it. Like the, the GPS screaming at you, the speed bumps, and the counting of the average time. So if you're going to drive in Jeju, 
don't judge your drift. Go be a responsible person because there are quite a lot of ways in which they limit how wild you can get even on the highway. And it's very tempting to go crazy because the locals drive like they're crazy. Mm -hmm. But, you know, they can live with their consequences. As a foreigner, I wouldn't advise that for you. Yeah, because it's always better to not get in the bad side of the law when you travel internationally. 100%. (laughs) Besides my ice cream quest, when I got to Jeju, I had the quest of eating one of their citrus fruits. I thought, oh, this is like their thing. They're going to have it everywhere. They did not. Yeah. <laughs> the first day I remember vividly that like, you were really craving orange juice. And like we stopped by a couple of different stops where they sold oranges, but not orange juice. So you would think, because again, in, in Colombia, this is like if there's a fruit <clears throat> or there's a fruit stand, there will be something made of the fruit. There will be a product that you can also buy. Not the case here. Mm-hmm. It's it's mostly, if you see the oranges or the tangerines, like they're selling them, they're not selling the juice. Unless you go to a juice station. Right. So just, if you're craving it and you see it, just have it. Mm. So I really wanted to try the fruits. I did get to try the juice the second day because I was like, I'm having this juice right now. And it's very different how they do it. Usually when there's a citrus fruit here, we kind of squeeze it, squeeze it, but we don't really like peel it. Mm. It's just squeezing. And that's how we get the juice mm. over there. They peeled the I, I don't know if it was tangerine. I think that's what they had at that moment, but they like peel it and then they put the whole fruit in a blender blender. And that's the juice. Mm. So it tasted different because it has all of the flesh and stuff. It was delicious, but it, again, it was very different or it wasn't what I was expecting. Yeah. Um, I still drank it all. It was great. So the next day we wanted to go tangerine picking. We went to the first place that I had researched. Apparently COVID said, nope, doesn't exist anymore. Mm. So we found another place that I think actually ended up being better. Yeah. It had like a whole experience to it. Yeah. And it really wasn't that expensive. I think it was maybe 5,000 won for like picking. It includes, so it includes the entry and you get a little bucket at first, which fits around one kilogram of fruit. Mm -hmm. So they tell you the 5,000 won includes the entry. Plus they give you gloves, the bucket and scissors to cut the fruit. You can fit up to the one kilogram that fits in the basket of fruit. And you can, while you're cutting the, where you're picking the tangerines or oranges or whatever you're picking, you can eat as many of them as you want and they don't like charge you extra for that. And then once you leave, they weigh your bucket to see how much it has. If it has more than one kilogram, then they will charge you for the extra, Mm -hmm. but up to the one kilogram it's included. And then they also have like, cause it's, it's actually a supermarket. Like when I was looking into this to be able to tag the place on the videos that we made. The, it's like a little supermarket shop and then in the back they have like the field with everything else so in the little supermarket shop <laughs> this was one of the funniest experiences because the lady spoke zero english like zero, zero. <laughs> not even like a number not a hello nothing and we speak very little korean like maybe like yeah. three words and that's it so when we got there it was a lot of like sign language whatever and then she took us to the back to because we you know we paid the money so we could go the tangerine picking and stuff and then she just started talking to us giving a whole ass ted talk she told us <laughs> everything that we had to know about the tangerine picking and halibong orange picking experience and we understood zero of it like at some point i was like okay she said summer now what did she say about summer i don't know if she said we planted them in the summer i don't know if she said they're good in the summer i don't know if she said we were here in the summer so 
you know, I would just allow her like the one word that I would pick up on and that was pretty much it. So she, I literally have a 10 minute video of this. It's fucking hilarious because we're both just walking. This lady is going off. Like she was, she was like, oh, foreigner. Okay, whatever. Fuck it. They're about to Rosetta Stone the fuck out of themselves right now. And she just told us the whole thing in Korean. So it was hilarious and great. And then after, at the end, she just leaves you with the scissors and the thing and you can cut you, your oranges or tangerines or whatever you're picking. And you can stay there for as long as you want. There's a lot of picture opportunities all throughout. They have like little cute benches with decorations and things. So uh, yeah, it was a very funny experience. So highly recommend that place and we'll tag it below as well. The other good thing about that place, like I said, it's like a little supermarket where people can go buy their fruit and stuff. They also offered us at the end, again, <laughs> zero English or zero Korean on our side. She was like, do you guys want to try the marmalade or the jam that we made from the oranges or the tangerines? I don't know which one at this point. And we were like, hell yeah. So they serve you like a little container with like the jam and some crackers. And we just like were able to have some there. And I think, you know, it's kind of one thing that they do to serve it, but they didn't charge us for it or anything. So um, it was really yummy. So that's another reason why we recommend that place. And then to finish off our trip in Jeju, we didn't really eat <laughs> that day too much. Mm-hmm. I don't know what happened to we us. We were so hungry. We were so Well, because we were, we were driving <clears throat> long distances and we were right. like from one place to the next. And I think we always thought like, we'll find something to eat at the place. <laughs> and we <laughs> didn't. <laughs> we didn't. But in, in general, while we were in South Korea, we weren't really eating three meals a day. And we yeah. weren't really like food focused, like restaurant focused. There wasn't like a yeah. lot of places that were like, we want to eat here. Right, right. So right. that was also another reason, I think. So this one, we found a bunch of articles. I was just like, what do we eat? A lot of the food in Jeju didn't really fit with both Kathy. of our restrictions. Right. And it, it, it was, was a like, problem for both of us. Right. Or like pork. So it was like, if I can eat it, she can eat it. And if she can eat it, I couldn't eat it. But we both eat fish, cooked fish. So I was looking and I found this place that had like super good reviews. It, it had like four little like money signs, which meant it was expensive. But again, I was like, well, we really haven't had an expensive meal. Like it's fine. And like in Miami, when it has three or four little dollar signs, it dollar means like signs. a $500. Like- right. So I was expecting something super expensive, but I was like, it's fine. It's fine. It's food. Like we deserve it. It's fine. We get to this place and it is. I think we were, again, the only foreigners in mm-hmm. this restaurant. Kathy noticed that they specifically assigned the one guy that knew a little I think, bit of no, English. No, you, you noticed that, but before that, we got to this place. So there's a thing where, like, with Naver, it doesn't have, like, a lot of English anything. So we got there mm. super early. It hadn't even opened at that point. A lot of restaurants that we wanted to go to or activities that we wanted to go to weren't even open when we got there, and that was a thing that mm. we had. So yeah. It opened at five and we got there at like four or something. So we had to wait a while. And there were other people. There was like a group of men that were also waiting. So Laura walked to the front and she saw that there was a sign that said, like she took a picture of it to translate on Papago. (laughs) And it said, if you are here before five, there's a bar upstairs where you can wait. So we went up to the bar and they had like Harabong orange madeleines or some sort of like cookie that we had and it was really delicious and i wish i had bought more and i could i couldn't again i couldn't find it after that place it was only in that fucking place yeah not fucking place it was a great place and we waited there until like i don't know 450 or something yeah and then i think laura had to go to the bathroom and then she was like let me check to see if like they're about to open by the time we went back down there was a full fucking line like this place (laughs) Because someone said something about a line or whatever in the in like the papers and and or in the reviews, and we I guess forgot about it in the moment or I don't mm. know because we had we got there so early, 
that it was just like, oh, we'll just go down at some point. But by the time we, we went down, it was a full flesh line and it yeah. was crazy. That's where I remember that it smelled really bad because there was a that's where there was a sewer a there. Sewer, yeah. And it was the, uh, horrible yeah. right on the place of the line. But whatever. We the place opened up. We were still within uh, plenty of people that we were going to be able to be set, seated for the first shift yeah. or whatever. We got seated and then Laura was like, they found the one server that could cater to uh, English. Laura had already seen what she wanted, which was they serve cut last fish and it's like 40 inches. I don't know how tall. Yeah. It's really long. It, and they yeah. have, it kind of looks like Benihana with like the stove in the middle, but they don't cook it there. They bring it cooked and they just put it on the plate, on the hot plate. So it remains hot. And then the servers like uh, debone it for you and skin it a little bit so that you can just have it without being concerned too much. But there's still a lot of bones yeah. in the fish that you do have to be mindful of. So just know that in advance. But it was delicious. It was so good. It was one of the butteriest fish that I've ever had in my life. And like Laura and I are both... Like, Laura was born in Colombia. My mom is Colombian, so I always spend a lot of time in Colombia. And we're both from the coast of Colombia. So we know fish. Like, mm. we have, we are experienced with fish, like, straight out of the beach to your plate kind of thing. Yeah. So we we love fresh fish. That fish was really good. Oh, so good. Really, really good. And so the, good. all the side dishes were also really, really good. The only thing that I wish, and this is not just for this restaurant, it's for everywhere. I wish... And this is really just for international people. I wish they would tell you what the side dishes were because a lot of I have a lot of food allergies and I couldn't really know what they were. So it was kind of like inspecting it and then like hoping, a lottery. Yeah. yeah. Hoping everything was fine. Yeah. Um, so if it looked like shellfish or seafood, I would I wouldn't eat it. Yeah. But then again, a lot of things didn't look like they were seafood and then they were. So yeah. I, I just wish there was somewhere what they would tell you what it is for foreigners but it's it i mean it's their own country they don't have to yeah just i just wish there was yeah know? but that restaurant the re name of the restaurant <laughs> by the way we haven't mentioned it is chunshim that's a really 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 good restaurant it was again one of the next best meals that we had the yeah. entire trip i would say that's top three it was one yeah. in daegu one in busan this one in Jeju, and then we had the michelin one in seoul we actually ate at two michelin star places in seoul the noodle place in Myeongdong, the that was pretty good. Oh, that was pretty good. Yeah. I had dumplings. You had you had the, the, noodles. Yeah. The dumplings were really good. So I guess that really concludes our time in Busan and Jeju. Yeah. One of the things that I do, I just remembered it. So a lot of people in like South Korea smoke. The thing about the smoking culture, though, is it produces people <laughs> to be really phlegmy. Mm. And they let you know. Mm. I, I definitely wanted to mention this because I, I saw, we saw a TikTok about it after we came back. Yeah. So yeah, we, this is the thing, as I mentioned before, I'm not very observant necessarily. And, but the one time that Laura and I were both on the same page was when these men were clearing their throats. I wouldn't have connected it to smoking, to be honest with you. I just thought men were gross because that's just normal. But in every single city that we went to, it doesn't matter how long we were there for. Yeah. It was a very loud clearing of the throat, followed by an expulsion of what came up from the throat. Right. And it was disgusting. And it literally would stop us in our tracks. <laughs> like, we're sorry if this is, you know, content warning triggering too late to say it, but you will hear men clearing their throat. I've never heard a woman. It was always men yeah. clearing their throat very fucking loudly, like zero shame, not in a bathroom, not in like, no, in any public place. Yeah. It, 
it literally i think it sent a shiver down both of our spines because yeah. it was just so i could hear everything going on inside his body yeah. and i would just look at laura like why are they coming for us like this it's very gross and yeah, again it happened in every city again here that's something that we're taught we shouldn't do yeah so it people don't do it even if they feel like they want to you don't hear it too much yeah so it was like a little bit different to what we're used to in terms of sounds yeah so it was it was a lot and and I I mean I don't know if it's tied to smoking but I think that's the reason why because I I do know smokers tend to have you know sure. Yeah. Long I, I wouldn't I on. wouldn't assume I would just yeah whatever the reason is it's gross and yeah it's it's a lot for someone who's not used to it so just right. be mindful that you might be hearing a lot of that and it's and okay if, just yeah. pretend you didn't yeah I would say wear wear earphones what we told you not to at the beginning of the episode because you need to hear what's going on around you yeah the other the cars will kill you yeah the other two things about Jeju that I had written down was the driving is pretty aggressive, so definitely be ready for that. Not a, not Miami aggressive, though. I don't know. I mean, I don't know. Maybe it is. I feel a like it was bit. less aggressive than here, but it's fine. And then the entry and and like entry exit to places when you're driving in, there's oftentimes only one lane to go in and out. And it's often very small and it's like between bushes. So when you're reaching your destination, definitely drive slowly because you might miss it and have to turn around multiple times. Yeah. And and be mindful that the it's the only entrance and, and exit. So people will be going at the same time. And the other thing is we had to fill our gas tank before we return the car to the rental, just like you do anywhere else. And it was really funny because we the guy kept asking us, like, how much do you want to fill? And we're like full, like the full, whatever the full tank is. And he didn't really get us with the full. So I just said like 35,001, whatever. And then I, th I think it was like enough or we asked for more. I don't know. But we asked for more. We asked like, for more. Cause... I, he, once, once we said 35, I think he like, it finally dawned on him that we were returning the car and we needed yeah. it full. Yeah. So we get to 35 and he's like, turn on the car. And we're like, but you're, <laughs> you're yeah, it, yeah. So he's like, it's fine. It's fine. Turn on the car. So they don't care if you're turning on the car while you're putting gas Pumping. in it. I yeah. was like, well, this is how I die. Boom. But we didn't. <laughs> so we Spoiler turned on alert. the car and it wasn't full so he's like okay okay i'll put some more in yeah and then actually i think we said 20 because the final thing was thirty-five thousand. ah yes we paid right. thirty-five thousand. so i think we probably said like twenty thousand one. he put in twenty thousand. it wasn't enough so he said turn on the car filled it to the top it ended up being thirty-five thousand. yeah so there are ga gas attendants in jeju and i don't know if in all of korea but I, we can speak about jeju right and they didn't know what full meant it wasn't really a concept of that they asked you how much money do you want to put in in gas yeah. So, and if you're if it's your car, you know how much it takes, but it wasn't our car, so we had right. no idea. And I think that was it for my notes. Yeah. So, thank you guys. We hope you enjoyed this episode of our adventures in Busan and Jeju. We will be back next week with our adventures in Seoul and Daegu. And we hope you enjoy that. And then we'll be done for the year and we'll be done with season two. And we will again link below the main highlight places that we mentioned during the episode so you can check them out as well directly. And if you have any questions, feel free to reach out to us in any of our social media. It's always at MI2K Podcast. MI, the number two, K Podcast. That's it. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the MI2K Podcast. We have lots of great content coming up ahead. So please don't forget to follow and subscribe to our show on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. 
And if you enjoyed our episodes, please rate us five stars. And for the real time tea, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and Facebook by searching for at MIA2K Podcast. Dale. Bye.